listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome to episode number 129 we have an action-packed episode for you this week. Vince McMahon is out entirely from WWE, relinquishes all of his roles. We have some new people filling in spots. We'll get to that in a little bit. SummerSlam is coming up this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Ric Flair's final match. Plus, we have a ton of local news items to talk about, and two special guests. First, we're going to talk to former two-time Impact Wrestling World Champion, EY, Eric Young. And Impact Wrestling is coming to town next month, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, our other guest, as promised, one of the biggest guests we're ever going to have, because she's going to absolutely explode over the next few years in professional wrestling, Billy Starks. So stay tuned for Windy City Slam. A lot to get to. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Back here on Windy City Slam this week, and we had a lot to talk about. Vince McMahon retires from WWE, relinquishing all of his roles. We have new CEOs in Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. We have a new head of talent relations, and this is the big one right here. A new head of creative. His name is the game, Triple H. Paul Levesque. And also, John Laurinaitis is out of his talent relations role officially, and possibly longtime producer and Vince McMahon ally Kevin Dunn could also be finished with the company shortly. So stay tuned for that. But very excited about Triple H taking over creative. And if he can get the WWE roster on Raw and SmackDown even close to what he did with NXT prior to the 2.0 switch. 
WWE is back in business. They're going to have some great stuff. They already have a great roster. If they let these guys and girls do what they do best, there will be no question who the best promotion in the world is going to be once again. I really, really like Triple H in that role. I mean, he had a little bit of an ego back in the wrestling days. But ever since he went into the office role that he had over the last several years, I think he's been terrific for the company, terrific for all of the talent. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he will do in that role. And before I digress, Vince McMahon was quite the complex individual. And there was a lot to like about Vince and a lot not to like about Vince. I won't get too much into either, really, but he did kind of help put WWE on the map. He basically set the table for the 80s wrestling boom. And then guys like Hulk Hogan, guys like Randy Savage, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, all those types of people. And then later on, we had Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker. And later on, John Cena. They took the table and just feasted. And they made WWE into this conglomerate we know today. So credit to Vince for setting the table to let all these talents come in and be big superstars and put professional wrestling in the mainstream. All right, then we have SummerSlam this weekend at Nissan Stadium in Nashville on Saturday night on Peacock and WWE Network. Last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defends against Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock Lesnar supposedly walked out of WWE before last Friday night's SmackDown episode, but of course we saw him at the very end kicking the crap out of Theory in the main event spot. So I guess he's okay now. I think, I guess some things are smoothed over and expect Roman and Lesnar for that title match this Saturday. And if Vince were still around, I could totally see Theory cashing in on both guys weakened during the last man standing match and possibly winning the title that way. I mean, I could totally see that. But now with Triple H in charge, I think Roman retains. And then we have Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin in a battle of former Indianapolis Colts training camp teammates. That should be really interesting. McAfee is really, really fun to watch and listen to. The WWE United States Championship, Bobby Lashley defends against the aforementioned Theory. For the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles, a rematch from Money in the Bank from earlier this month, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defend against the Street Profits of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. And the legendary, the WWE Hall of Famer, Jeff Jarrett, will be the special guest referee. SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan defends against the former champ, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And then, in what should be a pretty darn good mid-card match, Riddle takes on Seth freaking Rollins. WWE Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defends against Becky Lynch. And this is a rematch from last year's SummerSlam, where Becky Lynch made the surprise return and beat Bianca in 26 seconds. And then we have Logan Paul, who recently signed a contract with WWE for in-ring action. He takes on his former tag team partner from WrestleMania, The Miz. Also this weekend, we have Ric Flair's final match. 
Sunday evening, July 31st, Nashville Fairgrounds. It'll be the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, taking on the team of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I love Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is among the top five ever to do this. But honest to God, you're in your 70s, Rick. Come on. Really? I mean, I know you enjoy the hell out of it. And I understand the passion. But now you've, you've reneged on this retirement a couple of times now. That great epic match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. You wrestled for impact in tag team matches, in, in, in singles matches. And now you're doing this. I don't know. It's why can't Rick just be happy, retired, drinking a beer or two on occasion? The, the guy has cheated death twice. He's had an amazing life. I mean, he can still have a wrestling role. I, I just don't know if I want to see him in the ring. Locally, this past week, Thursday, July the 21st, we had second wrestlings walk this way at Kings and Convicts Brewery up in Highwood. The second wrestling championship. Billy Starks, this week's guest right here on Windy City Slam Podcast, pinning Chelsea Green in the main event to retain the title. Plus, we had Eric Cannon and Warhorse defeating David Ali and Jordan in tag team action. WWE legend Gangrel defeats Darren Corbin. And this was after Darren Corbin came out and kind of demanded some stuff from Rabbi Jeremy Fine. And Rabbi Fine brings out Gangrel to be his opponent. Gangrel wins the match. Then we had Dan the Dad defeating Cole Radrick. Four-way women's match, Heather Monroe defeats Killer Kate, Emmy Camacho, and Ale De Leon. And then finally, making his second wrestling debut and getting an impressive victory, Jackson P. Larkin defeats Corey O'Neill. This past Saturday night, July the 23rd, Northland Wrestling presented Burnout at the American Legion up in Lake in the Hills. Main event, Cody James took on Marche Rocket. And Cody came into the match as Northland Pro Champion, as well as All Hugh Wrestling Midwestern Champion. However, the match went to a no contest when Mario Pardua and Eric Schultz ran in to cause the referee to call for the bell. And during the scrum, All Hugh Wrestling, the brass, took the AHW Midwestern Championship which James had defeated Vic Capri for at the previous Northland show two weeks prior. And all Hugh was arguing that they did not sanction that match, so Cody should not be the rightful champion in that instance. But they're going to let Cody wrestle at their upcoming show that they're doing with WF&W on August 28th. And they're going to have Cody James against the new AHW legal counsel. Eric Schultz. Now, that should be really, really interesting. A lot of fun there. And then in that main event, too, over back at Northland, Cody James and Marche Rocket then became tag team partners, and then they defeated Pardua and Schultz in that main event when James and Marche did an impressive 3D to get the pinfall on Eric Schultz. Fun show there, and it should also be a lot of fun up in Lake Geneva at Foley's Bar. AHW and WFNW. That's Sunday, August the 28th. Notable items from Rockford Damage Incorporated wrestling at the Teamsters this past Saturday night. The new Rockford Damage champion, Tom Latimer, defeats James Storm for that title. 
And then BMI, Jamie Race and Mike Idol, they win the vacant Rockford Damage Tag Team Championships in a three-way match against Revolution and IPA. Also this past Sunday, July the 24th, Golly Lucha Libre at the Golly Studios in Villa Park. Friend of the show, Sam Adonis, defeats Dreambreaker Aaron Stone with a roll-up after Axel Rico distracted Stone. Great match for Dreambreaker Aaron Stone. A very good veteran to test himself on. That was pretty darn awesome to see Sam Adonis against a younger, up-and-coming guy like Aaron Stone, who's really shown in various promotions like at CSW and C3 Wrestling and True Privilege Wrestling that he's got the goods. And also Berwyn Championship Wrestling, which he's had some pretty good matches for as well. Great job by Dreambreaker Aaron Stone. And it's also good to see Sam Adonis back in Chicago. And coming up this weekend, we have... Saturday, July the 30th, we have a Rhino meet and greet at the Comic Gallery at North Point Mall in Streeter. That's from noon to two. And then later on that night, back at North Point Mall, PWX presents New Blood. Also Saturday night, July the 30th, C3 Ultimate Wrestling finally returns. It's Kingdom Come at the On The Square Sports Academy in Crown Point, Indiana. And then Sunday, July the 31st, matinee show with Ileana Pro Wrestling at the VFW Post number 311 in Rickton Park. And also, if you want to go north of the border to see some hardcore deathmatch stuff, Sunday, July the 31st, ICW Milwaukee presents the Insane Eight at the Waukesha Elks Lodge. That show starts at 4 p.m. Plus, there's an additional VIP show that starts at 1 you can also catch the Insane Eight on Fight TV. All right, in mere moments, we're going to get to our first special guest, our interview with Impact Wrestling star, Eric Young. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, Eric Young, thank you for joining me today. And you've been in the business almost 25 years, and more than half of them were for Impact Wrestling. Now, with Impact celebrating 20 years in the business this year, what is it like to be part of their rich history for most of those years? I mean, it's special for me, right? It's, it's uh, uh, I never told anyone I was a professional wrestler. I never considered myself a professional wrestler until I signed my first contract with them in 2004, 2005. Uh, it was something I did on the weekends as a hobby, and I had a real job. And um, back, you know, after that, after you know the World X Cup in 2005, uh, signing my first contract with them, then I could tell people this is what I do for a living, and, and uh, it's my home. You know, it, it's where I've, you know, most of the big moments in my career have happened, and uh, really proud to be part of 
a company that was, you know, started from nothing and uh, has grown into, you know, at times it was, was a was a global company was seen in over 120 countries around the world, and then it, you know, lost momentum and shrunk down, and now it's uh, we're on the trail back to, to making this thing into a prominent wrestling company and a huge part of the, the thread of pro wrestling in the world. So it's uh, it, there's a huge sense of pride in that, and, and I'm proud of of basically everything that I've done. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the weird stuff can be out of my control as I, I, I don't write the show. I just perform and, and do the things that I'm given. And uh, I, I think I've made the most out of everything and, and uh, really proud to be there for that amount of time. Now, you've won the Impact World Championship twice, and that's a really great honor. Now, which of those two victories is your favorite? The one over Magnus in 2014, which was your first, or summer of 2020 against Eddie Edwards? I mean, they're both special in different ways. You know, it's you know, what's the old saying? You know, you always remember your first. You know, it's uh, the first time winning it was was special and really kind of organic and and it, you know, kind of happened um, kind of out of nowhere. You know, I just was you know for some reason um, that my popularity had kind of taken off and and the company was. I don't know if forced is the right word, but was kind of, you know, not given much of an option option that they had to do something with me. I, I don't know what it was at the time. I, you know, I had definitely, you know, been there for a huge amount of time and built up a huge amount of equity with the wrestling fans, especially fans of TNA wrestling at the time. Um, you know, and Magnus was a great foil for me, you know, a, a really good heel and, and a guy that, you know, he's tall and he's good looking and he's British, and, you know, I'm, you know, shorter and got this big beard and kind of a man of the people and, you know, one of, of us, you know, I, I consider myself, I'm a pro wrestling fan and, and, uh, you know, I was sat on the other side of the guard well for years. So it was kind of this perfect story and, um, was a kind of a really big deal to me and, um, was something that I've always wanted to accomplish, but never knew I would. Uh, so yeah, the first one was magic, but obviously the second one was, was very special to me. And the truth is, is anytime you win the world title, it's going to be special. And people that got into wrestling, they say they don't want to be world champion are, are one of two things. You're either a liar or they're in the business for the wrong reasons. So it's, uh, doing it twice is a massive feat and, uh, something I'm very, very proud of. And that summer of 2020 rain, too, uh, you had just came back to the company from WWE, and it seemed like, okay, now now I'm back. I'm back on top. But was that kind of like a satisfying feeling for you in terms of uh, being back in Impact and going ahead and winning that title again at that point? Yeah, I mean, super satisfying. You know, like uh, being creative and, and, you know, being part of something was taken away from me. You know, and uh, me not doing anything, you know, on uh, for the other company that had nothing to do with me or my choice. You know, I, I was very disappointing, and uh, I mean, I, I've never worried about you know what I'm doing or being in the main event. I, I just like to be part of the show and whatever that is. I think my track record proves that. Is like whatever it is that you want me to do, I can do it, and I can do it better than you think I can, and. Uh, you know, just for whatever reason, it didn't go in the other place and kind of coming home at, at a, you know, a pivotal point of the company where it was, you know, starting to grow and being the help and, and being part of the huge amount of growth that's happened over the last two years. Um, you know, kind of like an FU. <laughs> to be honest here, you know, anyone that says that they don't like, they don't like doing that and proving people wrong is, 
is uh, not not alive and doesn't have a pulse. So uh, there, you know, there's no ill will. There's no you know hard feelings or anything like that. But like uh, I mean, I think I've proven over the course of the last couple years that you know I'm you know one of the best that's done it. You know, I'm you know I I, I can do all of it at a very high level, and uh, I'm just as good or better than anybody that's doing it. So. Um, it's a, again, it's it, it's a it's a really cool feeling, a really cool opportunity that Impact Wrestling has given me, and uh, I, it's not taken lightly, man. It's something that I, I really respect and something I'll never forget. Now you're part of the Violent by Design faction. Uh, you, Joe Doring, and Diener. You guys had a nice run of success together. No, almost two years with that faction too. Which nowadays factions come and go, and you've won two tag team titles. Now, what's it like to be in this faction? And then also, you, you've been a faction guy pretty much for most of your career, like Team Canada, World Elite, Sanity, the band. I mean, you've just been a part of everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to look back, and, and uh, I don't like. I don't know if I have a certain skill set that's, that's, you know, kind of better placed in the group or I just kind of, you know, been, been placed in a group. Like, obviously, Team Canada was the first, and that's, you know, something that uh, I have very fond memories of. You know, I'm, you know I, I signed my first wrestling contract being a group with those guys. I, I've known Scott DeMore for 30-plus years. Bobby Roode is one of my best friends, really dear friends with both Petey Williams and Johnny Devine still today. Uh you know, that's, you know, it's uh, a huge part of my wrestling story. It's the beginning of my wrestling story, and it's uh, a very, very uh, cool thing and a really, you know, huge part of my history in the business. Um, and, I've, you know, I've done all these, you know, the band was definitely short-lived, but being hand, hand-picked by Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and, and Sean Waltman saying, like, we're going to do this, then we want we want this guy with us. You know, that wasn't me or that wasn't the writers. That was, they wanted those guys to be together to kind of reform, you know, kind of a spinoff of the NWO. And they said, we'll do it, but we've got to have him in. You know, someone had to carry the heavy load and that was me. And dude, it's a, it was a massive honor. You know, three guys that I respect a great deal, still really good friends with Kevin and talk to him quite often. So yeah, it's a, yeah, I guess I, I guess I am kind of a faction guy and the BBD thing, you know, like we have been together for two years and that's kind of un, unheralded in wrestling nowadays, which I, to me is sad. You know, like if something's working, there's no sense of breaking it up just to break it up. And the truth is, is I think we're just scratching the surface, you know, like uh, the, the three of us together, you know, having Rhino in the group for a little bit was kind of a cool storytelling element, you know, possibly adding new people. Uh, we're working on kind of a, a couple new ideas and concepts right now. Uh, you know, my choice is I'll do this for at least another two years. So I'm, in my opinion, the VBD thing, like the amount of storytelling, you know, the real history between the three of us that hasn't been even talked about yet. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really cool thing to be traveling and working and, and relying on, on two of your best friends in the business. And uh, I, I'm the, maybe this is the best time, best the most fun I've ever had in wrestling. Now, every few years, you've changed up your character. It's sometimes a goofy character or happy-go-lucky. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's really dark and lethal. And you're in a select group of guys in this business over the last 20 to 30 years, guys like Chris Jericho and The Undertaker, who have changed their look and personality over the years. Now, how important is it to keep yourself fresh in this business? Yeah, I think it's super important. Like, I don't, you know, mentioning Jericho and Undertaker and putting me in my group, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> you said it. It's, uh, I don't know if I put myself in that level in that group, but, um, it's obviously, you know, you saying that is, is really interesting to me. Um, 
I don't know. I, I've never really kind of taken myself very serious, but I think for me, you know, when I retire, I think people will think about the versatility. You know, I think it's something that I'm really proud of. It's not something when I got into wrestling, like, oh, I'm going to be, I want to be really versatile. I think it's just kind of something that it revealed itself to me. Um, how I've been able to kind of reinvent myself and, and the truth is, is other than maybe Jericho, like I, I, you know, I don't know anybody else. I've seen the card from every angle. You know, like I've been the opening match. You know, I've been the, the main event. I've been, like you said, the funny guy, the goofy guy, the happy-go-lucky guy, the serious guy, the maniac. Now, I was wrestling women before it was even a thing. So it's, uh, for me, it, it gives me kind of the singular view of the wrestling business and, and industry in a whole, where I think I can, I can see it and break it down and understand it in a way where, you know, if you're really good at one thing, you just kind of do that one thing for your whole career. And I'm proving that I, you know, I may not be the best at any one thing, but I'm really, really proficient and really good at doing all of it. And uh, for me in real life, I'm experiential. Like I, I want to experience everything that life has to offer, good, bad, and indifferent. And uh, that's kind of what my, my wrestling career has been. And I don't think I set out for it to be that way. Like, I mean, the honest truth is I wanted to be Shawn Michaels. And I realized pretty quickly I'm short, fat, and ugly, and I'm not going to be Shawn Michaels. So <laughs> I had to become something else. And, and uh, the truth is, is I've become, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 different versions uh, of myself. So it's uh, it's been a wild ride, man. And I don't, I'm not quite done yet. Now, Impact is returning to the Chicago area for the first time since Bound for Glory 2019 with two shows at Cicero Stadium August 12th and 13th. You weren't with the company for that Bound for Glory show, but you have wrestled in Chicago for Impact before and even local promotions like AAW. To you, what makes the Chicago different than most? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been trying to figure this out. You know, I've been doing media today. I'm going to do some tomorrow, and I, and I don't know what it is. But, I mean, if you're a wrestler and you perform in Chicago, you understand that there's something different going on here. It's just kind of a different kind of vibe, a different kind of energy, and, and I wish I knew what it was. And I, and I can't put my finger on it, but what I know for sure is me and, and, and anybody that's ever wrestled here understands fully that there's something different about wrestling in this city, something different about the wrestling fans in this city, and as a fan, like I can remember watching, and like anytime there was a show from from Chicago or there was a Raw or a pay per view, it seemed just a little more turned up, you know, a little more intense and a little more vibrant and a little more passionate. And uh, as a performer, I mean, like what else could you ask for? You know, that's a that kind of energy is a drug that can't be bought. And I'm addicted to it, man. Put it right into my veins. Reflect a little bit on your run and impact. Uh, who were some of the favorite? Some of your favorite people to work with, you may have already mentioned a few, whether it was an alliance with them or wrestling against them. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Roode is, is probably my favorite in-ring opponent of all time, one of my best friends in the business, and in my opinion, one of the best all-around wrestlers that there ever has been. You know, just so good at everything. Um, obviously, getting a chance to work with Kevin Nash and becoming you know, pretty close and pretty good friends with him, I learned so much about you know, not just in the ring, but out of the ring and open my eyes to the business side of things and, and how to kind of conduct yourself and things that need to be done and things that need to be said. And uh, Obviously, working with uh, Jeff Jarrett, there is no TNA, there is no impact wrestling without him and becoming close with him. And a guy that's just, just understands the business on a level that is unheralded. You know, he grew up inside the business and lives it, breathes it, sleeps it. You know, it, it, it's, it's his life. It's his lifeblood. Um, 
you know, and there's you know the chance to work with all of these amazing people over time. Whether it's like you said, Magnus, it's Rich Swan, it's uh, Eddie Edwards, it's Josh Alexander, it's uh, you know Abyss, uh, Jeremy Borash is you know one of the most unheralded people in the industry, uh, especially for TNA. I mean, if Jerry B doesn't work here, I don't know if TNA survives the first couple of years. He did everything from from ring announcing to meet and greets to editing the show to to shooting backstage stuff and digital content like he i mean without him i I don't know if the company could have survived so the list is long man it's really really long and it's all of it is special to me in some way or another and in wrestling like you don't ever get anywhere on your own merit and your own ability you have to have the right partner and have the right people on the other side of the ring and the right people interviewing you and all those people put me in positions to succeed all i had to do is hold up my end of the bargain so yeah it's a it's a long list because like you said i've been doing this for a long time i don't have any any plans of quitting anytime soon but it's it's been a wild ride now uh you're a native canadian you've got to be a hockey guy right yeah i'm wearing a blackhawks jersey as we speak oh okay uh but you moved to nashville some time ago aren't you a predators fan yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, just a fan of the NHL in general. It's like my other huge passion. I'll watch nowadays because of technology and the ability to watch games kind of wherever you are on your phone or on your iPad or whatever. I'll watch 200 to 300 games a year. I mean, I I am completely obsessed with the NHL. Now, when I say jerseys, I don't have any sleeves. It's a tank top. It's really cool. Um, company called Bench Clears, and they have all of the licensing for all the NHL locals. So I have, I think I've got about 35 of them now. Nice. But, I mean, I'm, I'm in Chicago. I can't wear this one in Nashville. I'll get beat up. So I'm wearing this one in <laughs> Chicago right now. Uh, but, yeah, huge Predators fan. Born and raised a Maple Leafs fan. They don't make it easy, but I, I still follow them and cheer for them. But the truth is, I just love I love hockey. Uh, I love the NHL. I love all of the teams. And Chicago's got a long road back to to relevance. They're going to be they're gonna be in a bad way for the next five or six years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hockey. I wanted to be playing the NHL and was never very good at hockey, which kind of broke my heart. But I, I still play this to this day. I play in a couple of rec leagues in Nashville and um, skate and play any chance I get. And I just love the sport. All right, Eric, before I let you go, uh, go ahead and share your social media for us. Yeah, I'm uh, the Eric Young on, on Twitter and the Eric Young IG on Instagram. Um, I, I, I'm not on there very often. If you send me a message and I don't reply, don't take it personally. I just haven't looked at it <laughs> in probably a month or whatever. It is an amazing tool, but I try not to get wrapped up on there too too often. It is a cool tool and a cool way to to talk to people that are you know your, your fan base and you know people can you know know what I'm doing and and the people that are fans of things that I'm doing can know what I'm doing here and there. But um, I try to interact as much as I can, but I have a life. I'm married. I've got dogs. i got all these other things. I'm probably busy watching a hockey game, to be honest. So. <laughs> all right, Eric, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Awesome to talk to Eric Young, a former two-time Impact Wrestling World Champion, and you can see Eric Young and all of the stars of Impact Wrestling in the Chicago area on August the 12th and August the 13th at Cicero Stadium. 
two shows. Friday night, you have Emergence. And then Saturday night, you have Second City Slam. Should be a lot of fun. For more information, go to impactwrestling.com or check out eventbrite.com and search for Impact Wrestling tickets at Cicero Stadium. And you can also check out windycityslam.com for our story on Eric Young and his run in Impact Wrestling. All right, coming up right after the break, our next special guest and the one we've really been looking forward to, the second wrestling champion, Billy Starks. Stay tuned. Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, we are bringing to you, for the very first time, the 17-year-old phenom, the second wrestling champion, the number one contender for the AAW Pro Women's Championship. She's also regular in Black Label Pro. She's Space Jesus and a member of Big Starks brand, Billy Starks. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So you're 17 years old and you've been doing this for what, almost four years now? Yes. (laughs) Pretty amazing. And you've been to almost half the states already in your four years? Yeah. Um, I like have posted some of like the updates uh, on my Instagram and like I am trying to get the whole U.S. covered. (laughs) The only problem with that is, though, I guess commissions in certain states don't allow you to wrestle until you're 18. So you got to kind of bide your time until you're able to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of states where I was like, ah, if only. (laughs) Yeah. So now most 17 year olds are going to homecoming. They're, They're trying to pick out a prom dress, taking college entrance exams, planning for senior ditch day, stuff like that. But you're killing it in professional wrestling. And you're looking better than some 22 and 23-year-olds while doing it. So my question to you is this. How do you balance everything? Um, honestly, I just have a great support system. Um, my parents are super helpful. And I've been very lucky in school. I've gotten a lot of great teachers who have been like, hey, I am gone this entire weekend. I do not have time for your project. Um, And they usually are very, very understanding and will give me a day or two extension to get my work done. Um, But I'm very, very lucky to have like the people in my life that keep me organized and keep everything together. (laughs) So do you keep like all your events organized like on your phone or something like that like your mom has like a notebook in her deck desk and then I have like a weekly calendar on the fridge where I'm like okay at this time I'm going to be doing this okay I got a little bit of free time if I want to squeeze in something here it's a little bit different than most regular high school kids as if as I've said um, do you still have time for like high school social type things or is just mostly like school and then wrestling? So I've like been lucky enough where like I can still go hang out with my friends and take time to go like do that after school. Um, and most of the time that's like during the week. 
but a lot of my friends are like, oh, are you going to come to this game on Friday? And I was like, no, we got shows. And most of them are super understanding. But I still have time where I'll, if it's like during the week, Monday through Thursday, I will go and like be a, a kid and be goofy and have fun with life. So I did a little bit of research and it looked like you started wrestling back in October of 2018, correct? Uh, yes, that's when I made my debut. That's crazy, considering even Cora J didn't start her first match until December of that same year, and now she's in NXT, and she's just turned 21. And you're 17. You've been doing this for four years. You've been doing it longer than somebody in NXT who's been in the main event scene there. It's just really crazy to me. When did you start um, getting the idea that you wanted to do this? Honestly, when I first started watching wrestling, but I didn't think of like doing it, doing it um, until I went to like my first independent show. Um, And then it clicked for me like, oh, this is like actually a possibility. Like there's a way to start doing this. And this is like the lower levels and there's ways to work up. Um, And it kind of just clicked for me. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to (laughs) do. So about how old were you when that happened, that show? Who very, very young. Um, <laughs> I want to say like six, but I might be wrong. I would have to fact check with my dad. He's better at it. And then uh, where did you end up training and how did you get in there? Um, so I ended up training at Grindhouse, which is a training school in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, and it ended up because I made jokes with Pondo and so did my parents. And he was like, oh, I know a training school that will train you. Um, And then he introduced me to the owner. um, And then I went to a practice and started training. So who were your influences in wrestling to get, and not only to get into the business, but who did you like when you were younger? Um, when I was growing up, I was very, very intrigued by like Finn Balor and Bailey when they were in NXT. Um, I definitely was like very, very into everything that they were doing at the time. Um, and then when I started watching independent wrestling, it kind of changed because I was like, oh, these people are cool too. And I had no idea they existed before, but uh, that was more like Kevin Owens and much of like the ROH scene. And I just love that era of wrestling. Now you're the second wrestling champion, the first ever champion for that promotion run by Rabbi Jeremy Fine out of the North suburbs of Chicago. And you had this great match with Chelsea Green this past Thursday night. You retained the title. So a couple questions for you regarding second wrestling. Number one, how does it feel to be the first ever champion there? And number two, how does it feel to wrestle someone like Chelsea Green? Um, both are very like all struck. Uh, <laughs> sorry for my sorry. Uh, all like all striking. It's one of the crazy things is like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect myself to be the first champion of second wrestling, but I'm very happy to be in defending the title, um, and just being able to wrestle talent like Chelsea. Um, I've never got to wrestle her before and having the opportunity to wrestle her at second and for the title, it was um, a very, very fun experience. Speaking of some great talent, you wrestled just at AEW's Independence Day not that long ago, and you won a four-way match to become the number one contender that the title there. 
and you wrestled against Lady Frost, who was really, really good. Sierra from the Milwaukee area, who I've seen numerous times, and she's excellent in the ring. And then Burt Vixen as well. So what's it like to kind of step your foot into AAW, which is known as a really big-time independent promotion, not only in Chicago, but nationally, and then wrestling that type of talent? Um, it was a very, very fun experience, and uh, I'm glad that I will continue being back there. Um, I'll be back again to wrestle for the women's title, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, and then being able to wrestle those women was a great experience because I've never been in a singles match with Lady Frost or Burt Vixen. Um, I have ran into Sierra a few times, um, but I all think I think they're all great women on the independents right now. Now, in most places from what I've seen in the matches I've seen you in personally live, you're usually a baby face. However, lately at Black Label Pro and these matches I've seen on IWTV, you've been dabbling a little bit as a heel and winning with some underhanded tactics, taking cheap shots at your opponents and, and so forth. Now, was it your idea to kind of be a heel there and test the waters or was it somebody else's? Um, so I like mentioned like a couple of times that I can do other things, um, but finally Mike uh, Mikey, who's the promoter of Black Label, uh, was talking to me and he was like, would you like to um, try this? And I was like, oh, absolutely. I will have a great time and no one else ever lets me do things like this. I just got the opportunity and now have been having my fun at Black Label and some people are for it and some people aren't. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, where's this Billy Starks coming from? <laughs> Not this happy-go-lucky kind of you know, very happy young, um, young wrestler. Now all of a sudden she's breaking rules. She's faking injuries. And it was kind of funny to me. It's when my brat comes out. My mom says it's like what she has to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> so maybe that's a little bit more like you than the uh, regular uh, baby face Billy Starks. I think both are me. It's just when I'm in different moods, I'm a very moody person. So like if I'm losing in my video games, it's heel Billy Starks. But if I'm having a good time playing video games, it's baby face Billy Starks. Now you've had a pretty good run in the Chicago area as well. We've already mentioned AAW. We've already mentioned Black Label Pro and Second Wrestling. But you've also had matches with Freelance Underground and Warrior Wrestling and Zello Pro. What is it like to perform in front of the Chicago audience? Um, they're always a really, really fun crowd. I've noticed they're always really filled with energy um, and wanting to make noise. And you're not always lucky as a wrestler where you get in front of some of those crowds. But Chicago's always had a really great scene for fans. And then with wrestlers, too, like I feel like there's so much talent coming out of Chicago. And now you've kind of traveled the country now, too, with all this. I mean, GCW, that's a pretty big independent promotion. Game Changer Wrestling is some some promotion that people really think is one of the top like uh, independents just underneath like some of the bigger companies in the country. And then you're also a pro wrestling revolver recently, which is a really cool company. And you got to wrestle Ruby Soho there as well. So how does this all come together where you start traveling longer distances from your uh, central base? It's all just kind of happened naturally. I really can't say there was like a distinct moment where it just was like, oh, this is happening now. Um, but it was like very natural and happened over time. And I feel like the drives just keep getting longer and longer. 
because my drive to New Jersey is like 12 hours and now I'm making that almost like once a month and then like the drive to Iowa I think is eight hours I'm very very everything is just blurred together now um and it's just like oh this is my life this is what I do on the weekends so on those car rides those eight hour car rides those 10 12 hour car rides are you with a couple of other wrestlers at least to kind of you know, break up the monotony or are you by yourself making all those drives um so most of the time I'm with Mouse who's my stepdad uh and he's a wrestling photographer like this weekend uh we drove up to New Jersey alone just me and him and then we drove to Tennessee alone just me and him um and it was he's usually the person with me the most or sometimes my mom will hop in um but we have wrestlers who frequent our car load and it's usually people like Cole Radrick uh Bradley Prescott um, and a lot of people in the Indiana, like, scene, because um, that's usually what, who's close to us. <laughs> now, what is your relationship like with, uh, with Mouse? I know he's been around taking pictures for quite a while, and he's really good at it. Uh, what is that like kind of bonding with him on some of those long trips? Um, it's honestly a really great experience, um, but I feel like we spent so much time to, with each other that we literally have talked about everything that we possibly can um but it's always great having him there because I feel like I always have a person to go to um so I've never like stuck in an uncomfortable situation because I'm like oh mouse is here I'll just go mess with mouse and now uh big Starks brand now this is something we talked about just before we got on the air here it's become kind of a big deal around your circle so what does it mean to be a part of it and how did it all begin so big Starks uh, brand began during the pandemic I was going through a sort of depression because I was missing wrestling I was like I want to be on shows again I feel like everything's stopping I was like the world is falling apart ah. <laughs> um, and Mouse was trying to cheer me up and if you know anything about LeVar Ball he is a basketball father um, mm-hmm. so Mouse made a joke that he was the LeVar Ball of wrestling and <laughs> someone made a joke about us becoming the big Starks brand and we kind of just ran with that at first it was just a few of our friends like Cole Tankman, uh, Trey Lamar, just people who were close and like always around me and my family. Um, and then it just grew and grew. And now it's on AW, MLW, um, and just all over the place. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about that crazy dad. I mean, Richard Williams is another crazy dad, too, like <laughs> the father of the Williams sisters, tennis stars. But yeah, LaVar Ball, I remember he was on Raw a number of years ago. And uh, He's just out there and his kids are really talented too. And he's just one of those dads that are really, really attached. Mouse isn't quite like that. I hope. Right. Mm, he has his moments. He definitely <laughs> has his moments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a pretty cool story. I love it. So some of your favorite opponents so far, and who would you like to wrestle in the future? Some of my favorite opponents have been Matt DeMorris, um, definitely uh, Kylie Ray. I love wrestling Nick Wayne. I feel like we have so much fun together every time we're in the ring. Um, some people I would really like to wrestle. I would love to wrestle Austin Luke again. I feel like uh, the first time we wrestled, we both kind of beat up from the entire weekend. So I would love to have a match with him where I'm feeling 100%. 
I would also love to wrestle Millie McKenzie one day, one day. And Charlie Evans, I really, really want to wrestle Charlie Evans again. Those are pretty cool names there. So for those who may be unfamiliar with Billy Starks, you have all these different nicknames, and one of them is Space Jesus. Now, what did that derive from? Um, honestly, an inside joke. There was this crazy guy who went to a seminar, and Jimmy Jacobs was going around and asking people what their gimmicks were. And this guy said he's a street fighter, and he, like, looks crazy. Like, you can tell something's off. And Jimmy was like, oh, that's, like, okay, but, like, what makes you special? What is different about you than any other street fighter? And he was like, well, I'm a street fighter, but this will explain it all. And he, like, takes off his shirt and his jacket, um, and what is revealed is alien Jesus tattooed on this man's chest, walking across water. Um, So we nicknamed him Space Jesus, and then someone made a joke about it later and was like, who wants to be announced as Space Jesus? And I said, I do. And then I kind of just ran with it because I thought it was funny and have kept it and turned it into my own thing. <laughs> Outstanding. So what are your some of your long-term goals? I mean, is, is the end game getting into an AEW, a WWE slash NXT, an Impact, someplace like that? Honestly, my long-term goals are just to make a living wrestling so I don't have to have a real job and to just continue having fun with wrestling. I never want to like lose my love for it because I've heard stories of people being like, oh, it's just a job now or like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. And I never want to hit that point in wrestling. But I don't know where I would go if I would stay on the indies or sign to a bigger promotion. I just am going to see where the world takes me. Sounds like a plan. And before we let you go, Billy, why don't you go ahead and share your social media, whatever merchandise you might have, and you have a ton of it. And then what other upcoming shows, particularly those in the Chicago area and the Midwest? I actually don't know when I, when the next time I'll be in Chicago is probably for a black label show or the next time for the AAW. But all my social media is at Billy Starks, B-I-L-L-I-E, and then Starks is S-T-A-R-K-Z. Um, and that's on everything. And if you want to check out some of my merchandise, it's at bigstarksbrand.com. It's also linked to my Twitter bio. And if you want any updates on my upcoming shows, I post about it on social media all the time. So just follow me there. I will look forward to seeing you more in the Chicago area. I know Black Label Pro's got a show, I believe, on August 27th. All right, Billy, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely fabulous to have Billy Starks on the show this week. The sky is the limit for Billy. You're probably going to see her somewhere within the next two or three years, whether it's AEW, Impact Wrestling, NXT, or even WWE. Now, how could Triple H now in charge of talent and creative for WWE? That could be a spot for her in just a few years as well. But we shall see. All right, next week. We will recap WWE SummerSlam and the first week of the new regime in WWE. Plus, we'll preview the electric freelance wrestling cheap pop event 
at Logan Square Auditorium. And finally, we're extremely close to landing another significant first-time guest. Stay tuned to Windy City Slam social media this week for details. You're listening to Windy City Slam podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.